On today's episode, we'll turn the typical negative-based counseling session upside down. So give me 20 minutes and I'll give you a podcast you can't refuse. Welcome to the Psychology Godfather. today's episode, I will be talking about the field of positive psychology. This is an amazing, wonderful new area within the study of psychology that really turns traditional psychology on its head. It was, it's recently came about within the last four or five years Um, by Dr. Martin Seigelman out of the University of Pennsylvania. And essentially what what they've done, or what he did, and some other researchers, was examine the traits and the qualities and the characteristics of what makes people happy. So if you think about historically... And I know with my undergraduate training and graduate training, and really with essentially with the birth of psychology, psychology has been based on the medical model, the disease model of what is wrong with you. So you go in to see your therapist or psychologist, and you find out what's wrong with you. And this is the opposite of that. It's more about what's right with you. What are your strengths? What will make you happy? So it's the study of what makes people happy, not the statistics on um, bipolar disorder or serial killers or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, It's the reverse of that. And I think it's a wonderful, fascinating topic. And I'm excited about it. There is a, uh, Dr. Seigelman has a website with many uh, built-in tests that can measure your level of happiness and also measure some other of your, your strengths and characteristics that after you listen to the podcast will make sense. And I, I encourage you to, to check it out. It's uh, authentichappiness.org, and I'll put that note in the show notes. So check that out and see how you test out. So what is positive psychology? It's, it's really a way of promoting and fostering your strengths, so what you're naturally good at, and focusing more on that rather than what's wrong with you, and you know that. So it's it's the reverse, and I I find that refreshing, and this field, you know, needs some refreshing, and maybe this will reduce the stigma, and the embarrassment, and the shame, and you know, with coming in to talk to a therapist. And who knows, maybe it will affect the uh, insurance problem that we have in this country with being reimbursed or for people to be able to see a clinician without, you know, having to jump through hoops and uh, juggle and ride a unicycle down the street. So anyway, I, I digress. Um, so this, what is, what is positive psychology? It is looking at lots of data on people who are happy and figuring out why are these people happy? Why are these people, 
What's different about them than people who are not happy? Why are they more accomplished? Why are they successful, etc.? And one of the things that they've figured out from this is our traditional way of going about being happy has historically been, and I think continues to be at this day, by the way, the following formula. If I just fill in the blank, so if I just get that raise, if I just get that house, if I just get my PhD, I will be happy. So the, the, we've all been chasing after this dream of happiness, and I, I'm not there yet. If I just do this accomplishment, then I'll be happy. Well, positive psychology essentially says this is upside down. It's backwards. Instead, it reverses the formula and says, if I do what I'm happy, if I do what makes me happy, then I will have my accomplishments. So not if I just work harder to get the raise, it's really about enjoying the work that I do and then I'll get the raise. So it's completely backwards and it's really, really interesting, exciting. And really, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense that you do what makes you happy and that will lead to accomplishments. If you think, if you challenge yourself and think back to the things that you have been best at, the things that you've enjoyed and made you the most happy, I'll, I'll be willing to bet you that there were things you liked doing. If you naturally enjoyed something, you're probably good at it. And, and that is essentially the formula to happiness. The old formula, again, is I'll just do the hard work and then I'll pay off and then I'll be happy. That just leads to mental distress, anxiety, depression, etc., burnout, you know, go down the list. So the key to happiness is really tapping into and fostering your strengths, following what Joseph Campbell said is your bliss. And if you have not seen the amazing documentary on PBS, it was in the late 80s called The Power of Myth, and, and it's by Bill Moyers. And they interview uh, Joseph Campbell, who's a very wonderful professor, and he talks about essentially what makes the meaning of life is this concept of following your bliss. What is your bliss? Finding out what your bliss is and following it. And he makes the argument that if you don't do that, you're really not going to, you're not living. So in a, in a, in a roundabout way, he was talking about touching upon this positive psychology. Very wise man. A few statistics on, de- on just on depression in the United States. The current research has shown that the depression rate right now is 10 times higher than it was in the year 1960. In the year 1960, the average age of onset of depression was age 29. Now in the United States, the average age of onset of depression is 14, and like I think it's 14.5 or something like that. So what is going on here? Why are we getting more depressed younger? Why are we 10 times more depressed than we were as a country in 1960? I don't have the answer to that. I have some theories, but I certainly don't have the answer to that. And um, it's, so it's, it's alarming. Another statistic is that only 45% of you are happy with the job that you currently have. So less than 
50% of people enjoy what they do for a living. And P.S., if you're an attorney, you are three times, three times, threefold more likely to be depressed than the, re- than the rest of the population. So what the heck is going on here? Is it technology? Is it social media? Is it, I, I don't know, but, but it is happening. So again, positive psychology looks at what makes us happy. And it looks at what, we, what, what it uses is called correlational data. So it's not a cause and effect, but finding things that are related, things that go together. And what are these variables? What are these, these qualities people have who are happy? What makes them happy? And it turns out, and you might not be surprised to learn, that people who have more friendships, more relationships, that socialize more are happier than people who don't. So if you don't have many friends, go out there and make some more friends, foster relationships, um, romantic relationships, socialize. That's going to make you happier. Being engaged in your work and enjoying what you do, being having the strength match your job will make you happy. So if you go to that website I mentioned, authentichappiness.org, I took one of the tests on my strengths, and my test came out that I have a my strength was, was high social intelligence, which, mat, which matches my work. So I'm more likely to be happy doing what I do. Lucky for me, right? So social relationships, friendships, doing work that's meaningful, that matches your strength will make you happy. Also, turns out that Helping other people being what's called altruistic or altruism also makes us happy. So if you go out of your way and inconvenience yourself, which no one wants to do, to help someone else, in the end of the day, you're going to be happier than if you didn't. And I did a little experiment on myself the other day. I was on the way to work and I received a phone call that my daughter's friend's car needed to jump and I was halfway to work and she was stranded and they didn't, they couldn't find anybody with jumper cables. So I turned around and went and helped her out, jumped her car. And I found that I actually was in a better mood after I did that. Yeah. It didn't inconvenience me. It cost me a little bit of time, but it felt good to help her. And so helping serve your, your other people, serving being altruistic will make you happier. Also having meaning in what you're, what you're doing, you know, it needs to be meaningful to you. You can't just fake it and say, Oh, I did this. And I, you know, so I'm happy now. You really need to to mean it. Um, Some more statistics on when we're happy. Well, when we're happier, people who are happy also tend to perform their best When you're happy, you're naturally going to do better at something than when you're not happy. So they did an experiment where they gave physicians a piece of candy. You know, half of the physicians got a piece of candy. The other half of the physicians did not get a piece of candy. And they looked at the the accuracy and effectiveness of the doctor's diagnosis and treatment of the patient. And it turns out that the, the physician's that were given a piece of candy 
made a more accurate diagnosis with the patient than the physicians who were not given a piece of candy. So that so the candy must have made them happier and they did a better job. So we operate at our best when we're happy. When we're happy and we're kind of in, in what Dr. Seigelman refers to as the flow, it, it feels like time flies by. You know, the saying time flies by when you're having fun. Well, I've noticed that personally and, you know, in my job, a 50-minute session, if I'm really in the groove with someone and really doing my flow, feels like about five minutes. The time flies by because I'm naturally engaged at what I'm good at. And my performance is better. And your performance will be better no matter what your craft is if you're happier, period. Being happy affects how you see the world. So your perception of the world is different when you're happy. So you might want to watch less TV. You might want to watch less negative news. I know I do. I can't stand it. So fill your brain with good stuff so it affects how you will see reality. People who are happier have less sick days than people who are more depressed. They don't miss as much work. They're more productive. They're healthier. There's a very interesting study done in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. In 2001, they did a study of, of over, I think it was 180 nuns. And what they did was they read, these nuns had, had uh, passed away, and they read and analyzed their journals. So the nuns' personal journals were looked at. And they looked at the correlation between the number of positive words and, and the number of negative words in the journal. And it turns out that the nuns who used more positive words, who they're saying were happier, ended up living an average of 10 years longer than those who used negative words in their journals. So there may be evidence to suggest there's a correlation between longevity in life and being happy. When we're happy, the neurotransmitters in our brain, dopamine and serotonin, increase. And that's why you go to the doctor, or people go to the doctor for depression, and they give them the pill, Prozac, Zoloft, Paxil, go down the list, whatever, to improve artificially, enhance the, the serotonin level or the dopamine level, the neurotransmitter levels, in with medication and that's what they're trying to do but if you're happy they find out that you already have those chemicals there so there is a complete strong correlation between being happy and having a higher levels of serotonin and dopamine in your brain and i'm wondering if you if that's artificially in uh replaced or medically induced is that really going to make you happy i don't i think it's personally i think it's it's not i think it needs to be authentic and you need to to think about what you're doing in your life that will make you happy not relying on a medication to do that now think of the company google which you've all heard of i'm sure they know this positive psychology inside and out if you look at the environment the employees work in 
They have chefs to make their food. They're allowed to bring their dogs and pets in. They have surfboards in the hall. They have skateboards. They can dress the way they want because Google knows that those things make their employees happier. And if they're happier, they're going to be more productive and they're going to produce a better product for them. So Google is on to something there. That is positive psychology at work. When you're happier, you're better able to deal with stress. And that goes without saying. So let's get happy, people. So what's the takeaway from positive psychology without me giving you an exhaustive lecture about it? Is to realize that we can change. We can improve our lives. Our brains are wired to change and adapt for survival. So you can change the way that you feel You can improve your mood by doing some of the things that I've mentioned earlier. If you pursue a craft that you're naturally strong at, you will be happier. Your brain will adapt. You will get better. You will improve from it. Research has shown and actually research has proven that our brains are malleable. They are, it's a known fact that they are able to change. Change is possible. Athletically, records continue to be broken. If you look at the Olympics, we're always waiting for the next record. We don't really know the true potential of what we're capable of. We don't. So we truly are capable, and you are truly capable of achieving and producing more than you are. The key to it is being happy. So that wraps up today's show. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. And feel free to shoot me an email at info at josephcare.net if you have any questions or feedback. I'm also available on Twitter as the Psych Godfather. And that's today's show. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you later. I'm George, your Psychology Godfather podcast host. And I am out.